0: What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like We have something going here. We're doing something special, and you know, you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know, I watched, that's the scene I watched the most growing up, because my dad was a Giants fan, so. Once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special game day edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, and I know Snoopy was fired by MetLife, or at least sort of, but it's still the Snoopy Bowl. Giants, Jets, this is one of those where, yes, the cliche applies. Throw the record out the window. Two and five Giants... 3-3, 3-3, three and three, New York Jets, Jets coming off a bye, having upset the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you're a Giants fan or a Giants player or a Giants coach, beating Philadelphia should put your antenna up and take notice of what the Jets did before their bye week, beating a team that took care of the Giants, not one, not two, but three times last year, including the season ending loss in the divisional round of the playoffs. It's a big game made even bigger by the Giants win over Washington last Sunday. Now we're here at MetLife and this is going to be an interesting one. You know, both teams kind of match up similarly. Now that doesn't necessarily mean talent for talent at every position, but the profile of both teams are are similar. Uh, they're both playing their backup quarterbacks. You know, when we talked about Giants-Jets back in August when Aaron Rodgers got his first taste in a Jets uniform, who would have known that that night he would have played more snaps in a Jets uniform against the Giants in the preseason than he would ultimately play against the Bills on opening night? Four snaps on opening night, and Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles Now, all of the talk with the Jets has been about the defense and about Zach Wilson. Uh, I think if you're looking at the Jets with a critical eye, uh, there's certainly still a lot left to be desired in terms of being a team that is going to play a complete game. Now, can they? Sure. Do they have a lot of talent on their defense? Absolutely. Uh, This offense for the Jets... Is essentially waiting for your home run hitters to get up in the order. And that's to use a baseball analogy. But Brees Hall, outstanding running back in his second year, uh, looks fully recovered from his ACL. He's a home run hitter. He's a threat to go the distance every time he touches the football. And then, of course, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver. He's been outstanding. I think the concerns I would have from a Jets perspective is will Zach Wilson be able to take advantage of Garrett Wilson against the Giants defense, which has played well on the boundary on the outside. Now, look, Terry McLaurin was able to get opportunities last week. Uh, that was a fun battle between McLaurin and Tay Banks. And I think Garrett Wilson will get opportunities. Uh, but we'll see if he can be a game wrecker uh, with the home run. I don't know necessarily if Garrett Wilson's coming out here and going to have eight, nine catches uh, at over a hundred yards. It's not that he doesn't have the talent to do. So I just don't know if that's going to match up with the giants game plan and the way they, they set it up. So, all right, what do we got game game day? Uh, no, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor gets his third start. Tommy DeVito will be his backup elevated from the practice squad. Uh, That's it for DeVito as far as practice squad elevation. So uh, we'll have to see what happens next week. If Daniel Jones is not ready to go against Vegas, then the Giants have one of two choices. They will either sign Tommy DeVito to the 53-man roster, or the other option is if they keep DeVito on the practice squad as a developmental quarterback quarterback, uh, and they go out and they sign one of those veterans that they worked out a couple weeks ago, Matt Barkley, who has a history in this offense from his time in Buffalo. Uh, Ian Book, the former Notre Dame star. Those were the two quarterbacks that the Giants worked out a couple weeks ago after Jones's injury. Uh, and we'll have to keep an eye on that to see what the Giants plans are uh, dependent on Daniel Jones. Now, let's talk the Daniel Jones thing real quick. Off of Friday, I was not there, but I did watch Brian Dable's press conference, made several calls. Uh, Here's what I can tell you. Dable is tired of answering Daniel Jones' questions. He doesn't have the answers. At least the answers are not his answers. You know, you could ask Dable to assess why a certain guy is playing over someone else on the team. But if you ask him medical questions, he's basically getting his answers from the medical team. So... I know a lot was made that Dable was non-committal on the future of Daniel Jones this season, where a couple weeks ago, when he was asked about Daniel's season, he said it's not over. Well, what I can tell you is my interpretation of the situation, and then backed up by what I've been able to learn since then, is that Daniel Jones' season is not over. Uh, Dable being non-committal was just essentially Dable not wanting to give anything uh, to uh, the reporters and the media. And, you know, he felt like what he said a couple weeks ago, at least this is my interpretation, probably gave a little bit too much by saying his season's not over. And I think he basically pulled all the way back and now doesn't want to give anything with re- regard to Daniel Jones's injury. Some of that is uncertainty, some of that has to do with the medical opinions and not a football opinion. So, It's not that the head coach is not involved in these decisions. It's the fact that he is not making them. He is not putting the MRI on the board or a CAT scan on the board and saying, okay, here's what I see. So whatever information that Dable and the football coaches are getting from the medical staff, that's essentially the reports that they're going with to the media publicly. And look, there's a sense of interpretation here. I know there's a segment of the beat and nationally that went all the way to the other end, and the other end of the spectrum was Daniel Jones' season is in jeopardy. From everything that I've heard, and I've been told, and I've been able to report, uh, and the sense I get is that that is not the case. That was not what Dable was trying to say on Friday. That was not his purpose. The fact that it happened, well, you know, if you really cared about it, and thought it was to the detriment of Daniel Jones or the Giants, then I think Dable would probably come out and clarify. He, since he did not, I think the Giants probably don't care that that information is out there. That it's when Daniel Jones is ready, he will play and then make a lot of people look silly for taking that approach. Um, and read, you know, I think it's a misread. I think you talk about misreading a coverage, I think it's a misread on what Dable said and why he said it. Uh, so I do not believe Daniel Jones's season is over. Uh, I do believe that he is improving. I think he will be on the field again uh, within the next couple weeks, most likely. I know Adam Schefter came out with a report saying Giants are eyeing Dallas. Uh, I've heard that. I wouldn't rule out this week against Vegas, uh, but. Ultimately, like Brian Dable said, when he gets the medical information, that's when they need to make the football call. And until they get that clarification um, and Daniel Jones gets cleared for contact, uh, it's really a moot point. Now, you know, let's get to Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I've written all week coming off of last, last week's game. This whole idea that it's Jones versus Taylor is ridiculous Um, And it's not so much that you can't be a fan of what Tyrod Taylor has done. I mean, you could almost make an argument that Tyrod Taylor has run this offense smoother, cleaner uh, than Daniel Jones had when he was going through his struggles before getting injured against Miami. Uh, The fact remains is that, you know, one quarterback played two games with Saquon Barkley. Another quarterback played two games with Saquon Barkley, you know. The offensive line struggled mightily. Now, the offensive line suddenly did not fix itself over the last couple weeks. They're playing better, uh, but it'll be very interesting to see what they do against this Jets defensive front and, obviously, the linebackers as well. Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley. Mosley, we know the respect that he has from the Giants. They've all talked about it. Wink Martindale as well. Uh, You know, he had Mosley as one of his guys. So that'll be interesting to watch. Now, do I think Tyron Taylor can make plays against the Jets defense? It all depends, and it comes to my keys to the game. and And really the biggest key for me is you've got to play to your strength in this game. And you've got to put the Jets defense in positions where, you know, they need to defend the entire field, and you need to be able to be in a position where you can keep them on their heels. And the same thing goes for the Jets offense against this Giants defense. You know, you talk field position all the time. Field position will be a huge difference here in this game. I truly believe that. Weather might not be great. I'll dial the weather up now and see what we're, we're looking at for kickoff. But, um, you know, at this point, you know, the Giants signing Gunnar Olszewski – up to be their punt returner now. Look, he had some issues in in Pittsburgh, some muffs that led to his release. Had a good week of practice from what I understand. Uh, But anytime a punt goes up uh, today, I think you're going to be a little nervous with anybody who's back there for the Giants. The only difference is that Olszewski is more of an experienced punt returner, whereas the Giants have not had one of those. And I think that makes a big difference in terms of how you feel about what the guy is back there. And he's not necessarily going to be, um, you know, nervous or put in an uncomfortable situation. So uh, partly cloudy conditions, wind gusts up to 17 miles an hour, nowhere near the 40 of last week, and 50% chance of precipitation, 55 degrees Little breezy, and then it'll stay forty percent precip, forty percent precipitation uh, through the three o'clock hour, and then it gets just partly cloudy. So maybe at the end of the game, we'll be seeing uh, the weather not as bad, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I did want to mention, as we mentioned, special teams. Uh, had a chance to talk to Graham Gano. You know, we were all surprised two weeks ago when Graham Gano popped up on the injury report uh, with a left knee. He was limited in practice. I got a chance to talk to Graham uh, on Thursday, and he shared with me uh, the severity of his knee injury, his left knee injury. He said uh, he's going to need surgery on that knee. He said he's got to f- clean things up in it, uh, but he's going to kick through it. He's getting a lot of treatment during the week. Obviously, if it's another position, you're talking about, you know, really a dent in practice participation. He knows what he's doing. He knows how, you know, to go through his kicks, to get his kicks in during the week. He says it's pretty painful. Um, Last week's missed field goal was into the wind, into the wind gust. He said he struck the ball well. He did not believe the left knee, which is essentially his plant leg, uh, played any role in it. Uh, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on as we move forward here. Um, you know, he's a veteran and Gano basically told me, look, I'm here. They, you know, they're paying me a contract. I I need to do my job and help this team. Uh, so there's no idea in his mind that he's going to somehow shut this down. He's playing through pain. He said the treatment, uh, tends to be, uh, really more for the swelling in the left knee. And, um, You know, look, he said that it's just going to be a week to week thing and he's going to have to do what he's got to do. Now, he was a full participant in practice all week, so he's not on the injury report right now, Um, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on uh, as we move forward here. So his participation in practice was not changed. So that's why he's not on the injury report. So this is an injury that he's playing through. Um, He said it does not affect him on kickoffs either. He said he's still booming the ball on kickoffs, so it does not believe that's a factor. So you hope that the treatment takes and that maybe the swelling stays down in his knee and then it doesn't become a factor. But that's what's going on with Graham Gano, and I mentioned it. And I wanted to talk to him about it just because he popped up. Whenever the kicker pops up on an injury report, and this was going into the Washington game, uh, it was important to watch. Um, let's see, a couple tidbits before we get out of here and get ready uh, for, for kickoff. Appreciate you listening to our game day podcasts. Uh, It's my opportunity to kind of give you that final report as to what's going on and getting ready to go before the game. Um, I think the offensive line you're going to see is Justin Pugh left tackle. Uh, Ben Bredesen, a left guard. I think John Michael Schmitz returns. He plays center. I think you'll get Mark Glowinski, who has played well over the last couple weeks. Uh, Give him credit for coming back after the benching in weeks two and three, uh, after that abysmal game, really for everybody, but also for Glowinski on opening night against the Cowboys. He'll be at right guard, and I believe Tyree Phillips will be at right tackle. I think uh, another week for Evan Neal to get that ankle right. Uh, I think is the way to go how they perform against the jets front. Now jets are pretty traditional. They're going to send four and they're going to want to win and they're going to rotate guys. You know, somebody said it's like, it's like hockey shifts. Um, They rotate as many as eight guys, you know, watch out for Bryce Huff who, you know, leads the world in pressures or at least pressure rate. Um, And it'll be interesting to see what they do on the interior, how they hold up against Quinn and Williams, who is obviously an outstanding player. Uh, For the Giants, I believe the other questionable players that were on the injury report, uh, I believe, like I said, JMS will return. I think Kayvon Thibodeau plays. He played all but one snap last week on defense. Uh, I would be surprised if his snap percentage is that high this week. Uh, just based on the knee injury, but I think that's more wear and tear than anything else. So the Giants wanted to pull back on his practice snaps and his participation. Um, I don't think we're going to see Neal and uh, Adoree Jackson, I'm not sure. Uh, I heard some good things during the week, but I'm just not sure if Adoree is going to be back or if they hold him back uh, another week. So uh, that's where we're at. You know, Giants haven't beaten the Jets in the regular season. They've lost the last two in 15 and 19. Last game they beat them was Christmas Eve 2011. And if you're listening to this show and need me to remind you what happened on Christmas Eve 2011, then you might want to find a new podcast. But that's where we're at. And I think um, it'll be very interesting to see how this game plays out. I know I keep using that word interesting. I think the Giants got a shot. I don't think the Jets are going to benefit from coming off of their bye week. The Jets, as an organization, have not won a a game after the bye since 2015, uh, which is a long time. Now, how much stock do you put in that? I'm not really sure, you know, because you've had different coaches. This is the third coaching regime. Uh, But when the head coach and Robert Sala talks about how he's going to change things, you know, last year when they came off the bye, I believe they lost to the Patriots in a game that they thought they were going to win. Everybody thought they were going to win. Uh, so uh, it'll be fun. Giants fans, Jets fans all living in the same world on Sunday. So we will see how things play out. Appreciate you listening. As always, we'll be back with the post game podcast. Make sure you listen to that. Check out all my coverage on NorthJersey.com and I will be on Pix Sports Nation tonight, as I am every every week, breaking down the Giants game, uh, and it should be interesting, 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 interesting. That's the game, I, I, you know. That's my word, and and then the Giants go on the road for three games in a row: Vegas, Dallas, Washington. We're gonna find a lot about this team if they can get back and uh, kind of give you some hope that this season isn't lost appreciate you being all in. We're all in. Enjoy the game and we'll catch you tonight.